bringing you cutting-edge insights from the world of technology. Join us to hear thought leaders explore the ever-evolving world of technology and telecoms to keep your industry knowledge up to the minute. You are listening to The Spearline Podcast. You have reached Sorry, a number, the number you have dialed is not in service no longer in service. Welcome back to The Spearline Podcast. On this episode, Josh and I are joined by software engineer Brian Mullins and product manager Carl Naismith. We chatted about the development cycle of Spearline Voice Assure, how important it is to listen to customer feedback in this development, and how their teams work together while working remotely. Josh started off by asking the guys to tell us a bit about themselves and their role at Spearline. Hi, uh, yeah, my name is Brian Mullins and I'm a software engineer here at Spearline. So basically my role is to research, develop and maintain uh, software systems for for Spearline during during the uh, pandemic. Um, you know, working from home was actually uh, wasn't a huge change for me, as I I was quite um, regularly working from home prior to to, to lockdown. So um, like I've I've an office set up here, and like um, I've have a I have the gigabit internet, so there's no worries there. Um, yeah, so I, I find it actually quite fine. I do miss the social interactions in the office, right? We you know colleagues. And our second guest? Uh, my name's uh, Carl Naismith. I'm a, uh, a product manager at Spearline. Um, basically, as the title suggests, I've kind of look after the products that are coming through. I guess basically making sure that the products we are designing is in line with the business requirements and goals as well as the customers' wants and needs. Um, okay. And I guess working from home, um, I I find it slightly challenging, actually, to be honest. Um, the only real reason why is that, I mean, I quite like the office interaction, office interaction itself, and it, it kind of helps push me along and actually get the work done. But, I mean, the, and the, the plus side is being at home, it kind of allows you to focus a bit more as well. So uh, half and half, I guess. So, yeah. I suppose the, the, the coffee in the office is better as well. Oh, miles better. That was, yeah. that was something I actually really That's missed. True. I have an espresso machine sitting at home and I have a whole lot of pots, so a range of coffee flavors. So I'm fine. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd be similar to you now, Carl. Um, I like the uh, interaction in the office as well. Um, but with, with you and your team currently working remotely, um, has this impacted the progress of the project during the development of Voice Assure? Um, from, uh, from our from a dev point of view, I, I don't think um, it has really, to be honest. Um, okay. we, we still collaborate through, you know, um, you know, uh, we, we use this internal tool called Mattermost and we set up rooms for different projects and stuff that like. So, right. you know, we, we can we can set up meetings and all that and we can still get the same work done. And, like once we have laptop good internet connection we can continue working i i find myself that i i have more focus uh on it working from home um which is good thing um i don't know and i was gonna say i guess from i guess from my side as well like i mean i'm similar to you brian actually yeah like i actually find that not being in the office and actually doing everything sort of remotely I mean, usually if you had to get up and go downstairs to go and find somebody to ask a specific question or something, you can literally just hit the uh, the button on the internet and away you go. There's a video of them straight away or you can ping them mm. on the text or anything else. So the collaboration, I think, has actually gotten a lot 
better um, between, well, especially during my team as well. Like we have our kind yeah. of morning catch-ups and make sure we've got everything covered off. If they have require anything else during the day, it's easy enough to basically click a button and you're sort of sitting in front of them again. Uh, the tool yeah. Manimos that Brian was speaking about as well, that's it's really handy. You can actually separate sort of threads into rooms so that you've got content specifically around that particular subject just sitting there. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually quite enjoy it, to be honest. It's just... Uh, um, I guess it's the interaction, the social interaction that I kind of miss a little bit. But again, when you're actually on the video call and, and it's on the screens in front of you, it's it's close enough, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I've noticed that as well that I don't know people respond kind of quicker maybe when we're when we're all online. Like you said, you can just you know call them and they're right in front of you straight away. Whereas in the office, you might be looking for someone for a while before, before they're before down the stairs before yeah. you can get them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 and um, exactly. Well, that's great that both of you've been able to cope um, working working from home. Um, and uh, Brian, uh, so if you wouldn't mind explaining to the uh, to the unaware listener, what exactly is Voice Assure and what are its benefits? So Voice Assure is basically a real-time troubleshooting tool. So users can basically log in to our platform and they can dial uh, a number in-country you know, within our network coverage and they'll be able to see if they can connect, if they can, you know, they can check passcodes to get into conferences, they can traverse through their IVR system. Uh, and this is all done in real time, which is quite beneficial for the for the customer. Oh, um, yeah, usually the use case for, for using uh, Voice Assure would be if... Um, Say they they're on our automated system and they're experiencing outages on numbers in the country. What yeah. they what users would usually do was log into the platform and dial that number um, from Voice Assure. And okay. Usually they have some alerts. Uh, they we have an alerting system that that alert the customer um, about outages. So you know that'll prompt them to use Voice Assure. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so, Carol, uh, how important is it for a company to listen to the feedback from customers? Um, I, I believe listening to the feedback from the customers is actually really, really important. And ultimately, what we're doing is we're building what we're building is actually for the customer's use. So if we're not listening to what the customer is actually wanting, um, how do we even know if we're actually building the right product for them? Uh, but the key the key to this is basically that the feedback that we get, so the feedback is only valuable and useful if we're actually asking the right questions, like asking the right questions of the right users, the users who are actually interacting with the product. Otherwise, the feedback that we could get from them would in all likelihood be in a user's opinion, basically, and not actual useful data. So the right feedback kind of lets us understand if the product is actually working as expected and it can help in creating like uh, personas and journey maps and so on that we can use again for a new iteration of the product itself. Okay, great. And and to you, Brian, then um, regarding voice, voice Assure, um, how was this feedback received from customers? Um, so uh, when I was doing the um, research around how to update the current system, I, I went out to the customer and um, got their feedback on the previous product and then, um, you know, see what we can do from a, from our perspective um, based on that feedback. And when we developed Voice Assure, um, 
we actually started off with a beta version that we gave to one of the customers and it, it was just it was a good thing to do i think because we get a sense of how how one customer uh, felt about it and we we ourselves found issues when we deployed it to them like network issues on their on their site um, blocking you know audio packets from coming into um, the system so yeah, I I think it's very and and just basically their usability on the products was pretty good. Like, and we changed a few things, and it's vital. So yeah, yeah, it, it is pretty important yeah. because they're the ones using the products. Um, mm-hmm. they're 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 going to give you the best feedback you can. Do you know if your phone lines are working? Are your customers complaining of bad audio quality on your support lines? Spearline makes it easy to test your phone lines anywhere and anytime. To see how Spearline can help your business, head to Spearline.com. Now back to the conversation. Brian, you covered it a little bit there now, but you've been working with VoiceAssure, as it's now known, um, from the very start. Um, could you take us through a bit of the history of the product and how to how how we got to where it where it is now? So um, initially, uh, this was before actually I started working in Spearline. It was uh, okay. called Udial, and okay. <laughs> it was very kind of you know uh, a bit clunky, um, but it but it did the job. Like you know, it mm. you yeah. you could dial in country numbers. And it'll it'll tell you if you know you can connect to them or, but the problems with that was because we weren't using real time communication. There was a bit of latency. So okay. the, how how we we're doing it initially was we would dial a number and from the call server it will stream the audio back to the user. So. You know there was a bit of latency there, which caused issues when users were inputting DHMF tones. Say if they yeah. were trying to, you know, enter a passcode to get into a conference, or just even mm-hmm. traverse through a, an IVR, like it was, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was quite frustrating on the customer part. Um, so that's that's kind of part of the feedback I got when I was um, redesigning. Uh, Udial, and we created manual testing then, and um, so like the the main features that we needed to fix were was that latency issue, which you know the audio, and uh, <clears throat> there this the Udial was basically on a separate interface than you know our automated system, so like. A lot of users found it, you know, difficult. They had to go to two different interfaces, you know, to so we integrated both products into one platform, um, okay. which just made it easier for customers to use. So we started using WebRTC technology, which is basically an open source kind of um, software that uh, allows real time communication for like video, audio. Um, so we decided to use that. So you know, we we significantly reduced that latency, uh, you know, that customers found. And also at, at this point, you know, uh, we were actually 
think it was back in 2016, we started um, mobile testing. So what, what we decided is to, you know, add more, you know, the feature of dialing numbers from a um, mobile, um, you know, um, device. And th that kind of gives people just a better understanding of, you know, uh, what's happening on their networks. Going, going from that then, uh, I suppose uh, we have Voice Assure, which, you, you know, we, we're just making it more accessible for customers. You know, they can, there's an online registration and payment system. Um, you know, so people don't have to go through our whole sales process. They can just go online and create an account uh, quite quickly and mm. they'll have access to dial their in-country numbers. Okay. Great. And I'm like, I'd say that that's, that's a massive benefit anyway, um, that like customers can just kind of skip that and just go at their own pace and sign yeah. up for themselves. Yeah. And it gives them a taste of what we can offer, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a little entry. It's a nice entry point basically into what we can provide to the customer. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose you mentioned that um, it went through a few stages before you got to the final product. So how long of a process was it before you finally did arrive at the decided product? Like, did some of the feedback make it confusing or cause any delays in the production? Um, well, because, you know, we're relying on meeting with customers and they're quite busy in their own jobs. Like, you know, it did take a bit of time to get that feedback, um, I think, I don't know, like in the space of a couple of weeks, Joe, we set up meetings with, well, uh, yeah, we set up meetings with different um, clients just to talk them through, like, their, you know, their from their perspective, what, what they think of, you know, the previous, you know, uh, product, which was Udile. And um, once we gathered all that information, it's just, a matter of analyzing, see what we can do, um, and watch tech, new technologies we can, you know, enhance uh, on on this product. So I I think between you know, I I think personally, you know, the research and planning is probably one of the most important aspects of you know the product development. Um, because if you don't have a clear sight of what you're developing, it, you know, things could go wrong further down the line. Um, you know, so I th I think for the planning and development or for the planning research is probably about six weeks. I think um, okay. because for, uh, as as well we're we're using WebRTC, which was quite new to us. So we, we needed to do kind of research on that technology first and see how we can implement it. Um, after that, then it was just a matter of getting you know a, t a development team together. To, to work on the interface, the you know the backend, yeah, to, to you know to develop our infrastructure around this as well. So, um, all, all I think it took a couple of months, you know, to get the product out. Um, mm. Can't remember exactly how many, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we released it on time anyway, which was good, and you know we 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 did give it to a customer for beta testing. And and right. that really helped, I think, um, because we deployed it before. You know, you know, if we didn't do beta testing and deployed it, we would have encountered, you know, network issues. So, you know, basically, right. we're connecting with customers' internal networks, and a lot. Okay. And for security reasons, as you can imagine, they don't want, you know, 
incoming traffic coming from some unknown, you know. So, we, yeah. you know, before they start using this, we need to kind of talk with their IT team and tell them what um, ports to open up. And, and yeah, yeah, just to use our service. Right. Oh, very good. And Carol, uh, Brian mentioned there that like research is such a key, important part. And I completely agree. So like what type of market research is usually done for products once they are launched? Yes, I mean, I guess after they launch, it, I guess it depends on the type of information you actually want from the market research. I mean, there's a, a hell of a lot of methods you can actually use, and it depends on the type of information you're actually after. Uh, like, for example, we can use sort of embedded analytics, which will understand the type, uh, the percentage percentage of user interaction with the product itself, like how often the features within the product are actually used, oh, how yeah. long a user spends interacting with it, uh, abandonment rates. That's always handy as well because if somebody sort of jumps on tries to use it and then drops off after a few seconds it's obviously suggesting there's possibly issues there as well yeah uh, we also can do like uh, surveys questionnaires face-to-face observational studies i mean the list can go on and on but those those methods are great for gauging um, like a user's feelings and thoughts basically as they use the product itself so what need does the product serve them you know, it'll show like a product suitability and and sort of not it won't just depend on the user, but what the product's usage context is and the goals that they're trying to use or to set for the task at hand, basically. So, I mean, all that, um, as I said, there's a, there's a wide range of market research, um, sort of types of market research that you can use. It just depends on the type of information you want to get out of it. Um, yeah. So, from doing it. so, yeah. And you really, really get into like the mind of the customer, like using it and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Great, great. Great. And how, how important is this research in improving the product? Um, I mean, I, I believe it's really important. Basically, like if we don't actually understand the customer's needs, like the, their job to be done, then how can we actually improve the product? Like yeah. We as an organization might have a view on how the product should perform. Like this is basically how we've designed it, expecting it to be used in a certain way. And in a lot of cases, um, you know, the user actually uses it in a completely different way than what we've actually built it to do. Um, and it's not that they've found workarounds for it. It's just the way their mind actually works. So understanding the product's usage context, like how it's being used in a particular environment, uh, the goals that the user wants to achieve by using the product, that understanding will allow us to better serve the customer. And I mean, depending on what's actually going on, we may even be able to help sort of develop or improve an existing product to solve an issue that a customer doesn't even realize they currently have. So it's 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 really, really important, I believe. I mean, it's, it's the whole basis of, you know, if you're going to design something and just push it out into the wild and not expect anything back from it the, the product's just going to die eventually so yeah. and and brian was there any customer with a specific request for this product and like why oh it was um yeah so when when i was getting the feedback from him like they did mention about the latency so that's why we needed to include that real-time uh you know audio feature like because it, it it was causing frustration on the customer's part and you know we want to make the, cus- the customer journey with our products as seamless as and easy to use as possible you know so this was a you know and you could i could see that across each different user i kind of um got feedback from so it was a common team that users were seeing other ones were just to kind of enhance the UI to make it a bit more user friendly, and they made suggestions and stuff like that. So we taken those um, those suggestions and see how we can do it. And does this oh, fit? Great. You know, um, yeah. 
other than that is kind of more for an, it, like an infrastructure kind of um, update um, where we would just need more coverage in countries they're asking for um, and the mobile testing was yeah, another feature so oh great yeah. very great cool yeah and um is it typical for a product to go through many stages um similar to to the way that we have kind of gone through those many stages um carol yeah definitely i mean i'd say it's very typical i mean the reason behind that is basically the user's needs the uh, the reasons why they're using the product in the first place their tasks or goals that they're trying to achieve it it always changes depending on their own circumstances like there might be some business requirements from their end that forces them to use the product in in a different way so, I mean, even our current business goals and objectives may change, which means we'd need to then sort of you know, bring the product back in line with our current strategies. Product right. competition, uh, new technologies in the market, that can also play a role in sort of new iterations from our side saying, right, you know, we need to kind of keep up with market. We need to do this and this so that we need to, to stay ahead of the game almost. I mean, yeah. the, basically the stages that they go through is, is really the product's life cycle and, you know, it, the product must sort of change and adapt depending on the user's wants and our business goals and so on. So if, if we don't adapt or change the product um, mm. fee- from feedback from what the customer wants and uses, they're just going to stop using the product altogether and it's just going to sit there. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely pr- uh, very typical for a product to go through many stages. It's, it's basically is its life, ci- its life cycle. So yeah. Right. So it's just kind of ongoing all the time, really. Yep. Yeah, it should always be ongoing. There should be a, a looped cycle, basically, as in, you know, we, we sort of develop something, we get feedback from a customer, we um, change or make, you know, iterations to the product and then keep moving and it just keeps going round and round in a circle. It's not to say that, like, everything a customer wants will actually input into the actual product itself. Mm-hmm. We obviously have to meet what our business, our business goals want. So it's a it's an in-between depending on what the customer wants and what our business goals are and we kind of meet in a happy medium in the middle. So... Yeah. And you're learning from the customer as well, like in that yep. sense too, which is which is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing. Ultimately, we're designing these products for the customer use. So if we aren't listening to the customer from their feedback and we're not looking at how they're using the product, I mean, yeah, it's it would be pointless developing it basically. Yeah, yeah. We'd um, mentioned it earlier that online registration made things easier for Voice Assure. But Brian, was that the only reason? I, I, I think it was... Um... Like, there's a few things to this. Like, traditionally, we never use kind of uh, inbound sales as, um, you know, to, to, you know, for, you know, getting customers using our product. And this seems, you know, like a new avenue for Spearline to go down just to try it out and see how people react. Test water. Yeah. And, um, I, I suppose it's just making it easier for customers to use our product. They can, you know, without, um, you know, having to deal with people, they can just go onto the uh, website, they can re- register and just start using our product straight away. Yep. They don't actually have to be a, a Spearline customer as such straight away. They can, I mean, that, that kind of process, that life cycle itself is quite a long process to get somebody on board as a customer. Yeah. So the, this this tool basically gives them access to to it without having to first become a Spearline customer. It allows them to use the the Voice Assure as a as a almost like a troubleshooting tool uh, as well. So yeah, and they they also be able to see like you know say uh, the automated side as well. 
we, you know, um, there'll be a section in there where they can see the dashboards with some kind of, you know, with that, with some fake data there just to see what we can offer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's definitely giving them a bit of a taste of what we can offer. But, yeah. You know, we're not kind of roping them into a, a sign your life away deal almost. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is something they want to use and they can test it, look at it, see how it works. And, you know, it could be something that they're interested in. And obviously, once they go into the automated side, it's it's perfect. So Definitely, yeah. And um, Brian, going back to the product a little bit there, um, with the recent pandemic, um, did that affect production in any way or was there even a, a higher demand for customers for this product? Yeah, so uh, we actually did a bit of research and you've probably seen in our newsletters, you know, around um, how how the pandemic was affecting the telecom industry. And, you know, what, what we saw there is that when countries were going down to, into lockdown, um, you know, the audio quality and connection rates were actually dropping in those countries across all of our customers. And this is just basically down to, you know, you know, the carrier in country, their engineers just basically couldn't get out, you know, um, and fix the issues because they were in lockdown. They couldn't, they couldn't go from their homes, like, you know. So I think this did increase demand for our product because... People, people needed to know, like you know, is the issue still happening? Um, do, do you know, and just keep an eye on it, um, because that's effectively going, you know, that's going to affect our customers. Um, so yeah, I, I think we saw a, a, a higher demand for, for both automated and voice assure. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brian, Carl, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, this, this was fantastic. It was a great chat. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for having us. Yep, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, it was great to hear from some more of our Spearliners talking about Voice Assure. Thank you so much to our guests, product manager Carl Naismith and software engineer Brian Mullins for coming onto the show, taking us through the development stages and bringing Voice Assure to our customers. You can listen into all the latest episodes on all your favorite podcast platforms and stay tuned for more episodes of the Spearline Podcast coming soon. Spearline proactively monitors phone numbers for audio quality and connectivity globally. Our platform enables enterprises and telecommunications service providers to test connectivity and quality on global telecoms networks, testing automatically at volume. If you would like to find out more about how Spearline can help you, please contact us at spearline.com. And for more insights and in-depth interviews like these, you can subscribe to the Spearline podcast channel and don't forget to check out spearline.com where you can find all of our latest articles, white papers and much more. Till next time, and thank you for listening to the Spearline Podcast. <laughs>